Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new video slash podcast slash everything. Welcome to the TV review episode 8. It's a bit different, it's a bit weird today. We're talking about something a little bit weird and it's doing something a bit different. Um, for those watching on YouTube, hello, welcome. Um, this is our slumming it uh, review today um, on a bit of a different position. We're back on the old webcam, it's like doing Doctor Who reviews of series 11 and 12 again. It's, it's very strange but this time we've got a nice little background as well. Um, and yeah, we're also on the podcast. For those watching on the video, uh, we do a podcast over on Spotify called Spill Your Beans. We talk about films, we talk about TV programs, we do a little bit of Doctor Who here and there, but today we're talking about the book of Boba Fett. So yeah, uh, this series was called The Who Review. It's now called The TV Review because um, I want to kind of branch out a little bit. love talking about Doctor Who, but there isn't many episodes on at the moment. So until we get another one of those, I thought it'd be great to just meld this format into a general TV review kind of show where we can talk about other stuff as well, like the Marvel shows and, of course, the Star Wars shows, the two big things that I'm heavily interested in um, as they come out. And maybe a bit of Westworld as well, if there's stuff to talk about there down the line. Um... But today, here we are, with the book of Boba Fett, Season 1. I was going to do individual episodes, but I thought, why not just wait till the whole series is out? Um, so here we are. A bit of a surprise mid-season podcast, not mid-season, sort of in-between-season kind of podcast episode. So it's a bit weird. Um, as you know with these things, they're mostly uncut and a bit weird and a bit rambly. Um, because it is just me on these podcasts, on the TV ones, as far as we're concerned at the moment. Um, but we'll never know for the future. Um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite happy with this. But yeah, I thought we'd dive into the Book of Boba Fett as a whole series because it's been a vaguely controversial one. Um, there's people who love it, there's people who love it, and there's people who really don't love it. And then there's a lovely in-between, like myself, where I feel like I've got a few things to say about it, but I'm not too offended by a lot of the stuff that it's done. Um, this has proven some of the best and worst of Star Wars, not in terms of actual programming, um, but in terms of the actual community around it, I think... A lot of the worst sides of the Star Wars fandom have really come out to play with the Book of Boba Fett, and I think it's a lot of it, at least, is very unfounded. Um, there are valid criticisms of this series, and we'll talk about them today, but I think there's also invalid ones as well, and ones that are very reminiscent of what we heard around the screamings of The Last Jedi when that came out, and that didn't go down too well, so, you know, let's um, try and avoid that where we can. So in terms of my history with Star Wars, for those who don't already know, we have done two Star Wars reviews on Spill Your Beans already, one for the Star Wars prequels and one for the Star Wars original trilogy. Um, I started watching Star Wars when I was just a kid, one of the first film franchises I was introduced into. I watched the prequels and then watched the original trilogy, grew up with that. I never really watched the Clone Wars too much, um, and then I watched the sequels, all the spin-off films, and then as The Mandalorian started coming out, and I loved that, and I heard rumours of Ahsoka appearing in the next series, I had to go back and watch all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels. And as of now, I am up to date with every bit of televised and aired Star Wars media in terms of TV, in terms of film. Uh, the only things I haven't tuned into really are like the comics, the books. I definitely haven't watched all the video games and played all them yet. Um, I've definitely played Fallen Order though. And um, I haven't really watched the um, Star Wars Resistance series. I've not really seen that. Um, didn't really like my cup of tea. So they're the only things I've kind of managed to avoid, um, whether I wanted to or not. Um, so yeah, that's my history with it. I was very excited going into the book of Boba Fett because I wanted to see something a bit different, which is obviously not what we got. Um, very similar to what we've had with Mandalorian, basically a continuation, which you kind of knew was going to happen. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about here is like the expectations going into the Boba Fett, uh, the book of Boba Fett weren't that high. 
because similar to The Mandalorian Season 2, the trailer didn't give away much. It showed like a couple of cool shots, but you could tell it was just from the first couple episodes. And that's exciting in some aspects where you think, well, what are they going to do later on? As you saw with the series, they did do a lot of exciting and big adventurous stuff later on. But initially they started out quite slow and... Um, you know, um, more character building in terms of its aspects. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to try and break it down into two parts. Talk about my thoughts on um, the first block of the series, episodes one to four, and then the last block, um, episodes five to seven um, as well. So first of all, we'll start with episodes one to four. Um, my initial reaction with the series coming out of episode one was, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good, but it was nothing special is my big takeaway from episode one at least i remember that being like oh it was really cool to see the sarlacc pit stuff i really loved him getting on with the tuscan raiders and i like the struggle for power but i thought it was like it was it was okay it was fine it was it was good it was serviceable but it was like it wasn't doing anything super cool but i was taking enjoyment out of the fact that it was building up boba fett as a character and i think that's what these first four episodes does really well and we're going to start by talking about our first little subsection which is Bulba and the Tuscans. Um, the first few episodes, the first three or four episodes kind of flip between flashbacks and present day. Um, especially the first three and a lot of that's with the Tuscan Raiders. Boba Fett comes out the Sarlacc pit, gets captured by Tuscan Raiders, becomes their sort of like prisoner for a bit and then sort of slowly works his way up the ranks, helps them out, sorts them out, and becomes part of that tribe. And I think that's really well conveyed in the story, um, and I really like that idea. Uh, Tamara Morrison uh, reflected some of those tribal instincts, um, similar to that of the Tusken Raiders, in The Mandalorian Season 2, so that makes the most sense, and it seems like it works with his character and his, um, you know, you know what he wants to do with the character tomorrow morrison and i i respect that i think that's a that's a lot of exciting stuff to see and a lot of exciting stuff to to get out of it um i think he did a good job with that stuff and i'm not really sold on tomorrow morrison as like the the biggest uh, best actor of all time because quite frankly i don't think he is and i do think the worst bits of this series is when he was without his boba fett helmet and i know that sounds cruel but um I kind of the thing is with Boba Fett. I think what everyone loved about him is he's quite brooding. He's quite quiet. He doesn't say much, but he can give away everything with a look. And you get a lot of that towards the end of the series. Uh, series, but I, you know, we didn't get that as much at the beginning, which is absolutely fine because you need to build up his character, and his backstory. So I'm, I'm, I'm very mixed on it. I, I, I love the Tuscan Raider stuff. I love the kind of visuals and imagery, especially the sequence um, where he sort of flashes back to Camino and stuff, and the sequence with the tree and the sort of like lizard stuff um there's some really cool stuff in there and some really great ideas and i really love how that was conveyed i love how it tied into the overall theme of the pikes and the spice trading uh bringing that back into the boba fett series was an interesting move from dave filoni and uh, john favreau uh one that i quite like uh, obviously connecting it back to stuff like solo and the final series of clone wars it feels again like tighter you're bringing the pikes into it you're talking about uh kessel i think was mentioned at one point which is quite cool um, so they play around with that, and I think that's exciting and different, and obviously the Pikes start to to build up more and more as a threat throughout the series, so it's good to have that backstory stuff. In terms of structuring, it was a bit strange to have it bouncing back and forward, but I can see why they did it, because, again, you couldn't really have whole episodes with the Tuscans, because, you know, people would just complain. And this is the problem I have, and we'll talk about this towards the end, is that there's a lot of fan service stuff crammed in all at once, and then there's a lot of quiet, slow character building all at once as well. Not a bad thing. All of that is good, 
but I think it should be spaced out maybe a little bit more. And we'll talk about that more towards the end, but yeah. So we flipped between the Tuscan stuff, which I quite enjoyed, um, but did drag on a little bit. I think episode one is quite slow for the Tuscan stuff, but episode two really delivers in that department. Um, and then we have uh, then we have the sort of bounce to the other side, the modern day stuff, after the Mandalorian season two, where he's sort of the new daimyo of Tatooine, or at least Mos Espa. Um, and he's sort of battling between uh, just, the, just the general sort of struggle for power in the area, which I, I liked at first, but then again, it did sort of twist on me a little bit where I was like, it felt quite repetitive. It's quite obvious that this stuff was made during lockdown and COVID, um, at least as far as I'm aware. I mean, I could be totally wrong in that, but there felt like a lot of reused sets, a lot of reused characters. Um, the amount of time they went into the mayor's office and that bar, what seemed like just for the sake of it, um, was a bit strange. And I'm not against it, but I think when you go off two seasons of The Mandalorian, eight episodes each, all of which are set on different planets and different areas, and it's so expansive and it feels like proper, just good Star Wars to go to a series which is based on, let's be honest, quite a boring planet. I mean, Tatooine is great for, like, um, cultural iconography in Star Wars in terms of, like, the Twin Suns and, like, Mos Eisley and Mos Esper and all, all these places um, and, like people and characters and, and ideas and all that sort of thing set up like it's exciting but it's put me off Tatooine I love seeing Tatooine in the Mandalorian both in season one and in season two it just it had a sort of air around it that I was so excited to see but then you turn it around to the book of Boba Fett and now I'm like I don't want to see Tatooine again I've seen, I've seen enough of it now um because at the end of the day it's quite a boring planet all the places do look the same the kind of characters that you see in there, it's all already crime related, and once you've seen that, you've seen it. Especially when they bounce between the two main same buildings, which felt like a shame, because again, that whole lockdown connection comes in. With The Mandalorian, they had lots of sets and lots of different planets and lots of different ideas and all that sort of stuff. With the Book of Boba Fett, it's like, well, surely they must have had the same budget as The Mandalorian, yet they just use the same two places. Never mind not even going off world, they just use the same two buildings in the same city on three or four different episodes, especially in this sort of first part of the series, which is fine, but, you know, it was a bit of a shame because it just kept... It felt a bit repetitive. Like, the first four episodes kind of blend into one for me, which is a good thing and a bad thing in some aspects. I preferred the stuff with the Tuscans. Um, yes, even the Bantha line, you know, that a lot of people criticise that, and I think that's a bit daft. Um, Tamura Morrison is a strange actor, but a one that I find quite endearing. He obviously loves the character, he loves the show, and he loves that he's been brought back, and he's quite happy to be part of it. And I'm delighted for him to be part of it as well. But he's not the best actor of all time, you know. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing to say. I think he's he's so enthusiastic, and I absolutely love him in this. But I think he does work better when he's got the helmet on. Some of the facial expressions he pulls throughout the show are very strange. But, um, you know, they, they feel relevant, especially with, you know, Boba Fett. We haven't really seen him too much without his helmet off, other than the Clone Wars. So... Can't really say much, can you? I think it's 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 good to some extent, um, but I think there's some aspects, again, like, as I say, with the sort of limited locations and characters, but when you're introducing people like the mods, I think we're already going to prove to be one of those things that people were going to criticise, and I can understand why, you know, I don't like to be that guy, but in all honesty, the idea of the mods, those characters with the cyborg attachments and stuff, and they're very strange bikes. I've not got a problem with the bikes being colourful and, like, based off the hot rods, which George Lucas was a massive fan of, and obviously Star Wars is just an amalgamation of everything that George Lucas was a fan of, whether it be hot rods, whether it be westerns, whether it be samurais. You know, it's a, it's a huge amalgamation of that, so I think that's perfect, that sort of hot rod kind of colour, especially after the fall of the Empire. It makes sense to me, but 
what I didn't like was the speed. There was like a weird sort of chase in episode three between a speeder and the, the mod bikes. And it was all kind of really slow and shit. And a lot of people pointed this out, but it felt very weird. And that comes back at the end of the series in the finale that I've literally just watched about an hour or so ago. Um, the, the bikes are still bloody slow. They don't really feel impactful or exciting when they're being driven around. It's like... You know, it's just they just don't feel that fast, and that's cool. But if you're going to do a chase sequence with a vehicle that's not fast, it's a bit of a questionable decision. Um, but then, yeah, then you have other stuff like the Rancor, uh, Black Chrysanthemum, uh, the Huts, and other various Easter eggs like Luke's mates from the New Hope deleted scene, and uh, again, like the Pikes, the Spice Runners, um, all that sort of stuff. Like the Rancor and Black Chrysanthemum were just great. Um, uh, the Huts having an inclusion was pretty interesting, although they just kind of dipped the episode after, it was a bit strange, it's obviously they sort of know about the Pikes, and they're like, well, see you later, um, we'd, we'd, we'd rather get off world, actually, never mind, um, but yeah, interesting, it's a bit of a weird one, the Rancor was great, but obviously really well used more towards the finale, which we'll talk about, um, but yeah, no, they had, they had a lot of great introductions, and it felt like it was quite consistent with each other, it was a slower moving series than The Mandalorian, it was more character building time, um, but on top of that, I don't feel like it built too much character, and I think that's kind of the problem. It took a lot of time to do something that it didn't achieve too well. Um, nowhere near as well as I'd say with The Mandalorian, for example, but, you know, still still good in some areas, and I, I still think it, it holds up and feels like a Star Wars show. It feels like something I, would, I, I enjoy for the first four episodes, but it is slow, but I don't mind that because it's consistent. But then we move on to episodes five to seven, and it was funny because when we watched episode four, I watched these shows um, with my flatmate Max, who you will have seen on a couple of podcasts before, um, and we we watch it every week. And he's not like as big of a Star Wars fan as I am. I mean, he hasn't seen all the media and all that sort of thing, but he is enough of a fan of it where he does get certain things. And we're both kind of on the same page with the first four episodes. That when episode four finished and it had the Mandalorian theme play. We're both like, okay, so Mando's going to appear in it. Um, Din Djarin's going to come back. That's great. What what the show needs to do now is for the next three episodes, we're now at the midpoint, the next three episodes need to absolutely like bang and absolutely slap and it'd be amazing for me to be like, to love this show. And admittedly, they did. These last three episodes actually did slap pretty hard. But for the right or the wrong reasons. And that's the next thing. Because the next three episodes... Well, at least episodes five and six, they feel like the Mandalorian season three. And I think everyone's expressed the same thing. Oh, it's called the Book of Boba Fett. And to be honest, I don't care. I'm not one of those people who sit there going, oh, it's just like the Mandalorian season three, but it's actually supposed to be the Book of Boba Fett. I'm like, oh, you know what? I I actually don't care because realistically, this era of Star Wars television is all supposed to link into each other. The Book of Boba Fett is the next chapter of the Mandalorian era of Star Wars. That was established. The fact that the Book of Boba Fett was announced in a post credit scene for The Mandalorian Season 2 and actually continued directly on from that very episode. I think it's absolutely fair that Mando sort of appears in this. My problem is I think it was a bit too much. I think Mando showed up and did slightly too much. You know, we had Episode 5 where he comes back, he kicks ass, he's using the Darksaber, he meets with... um, the rest of his sort of not, not clan. Um, the rest of his guards. It's gonna it's gonna piss me off because I can't remember the thing. But it's it's you know the the the, the two Mandalorians that are left from that one one planet from the Mando uh, Mando season one and two. Um, 
they have that, they have the Grogu stuff, um, but yeah, no, episode 5 I absolutely adored, I think it was definitely probably one of, if not the best episode of the series, not because it, like, it, it cuts itself off and doesn't feel like Boba Fett, because it really doesn't, the thing I liked about it is it took us off world, the budget felt higher, the acting felt better, the cinematography was like a higher standard, in all honesty, at least personally anyway. You got the right amount of fan service without it being too heavy. I know there's a lot of Mandalorian stuff. I mean, but even seeing the like the Great Purge um, of Mandalore, I think it's the Purge. I could be totally wrong. When the Empire take over, I think that was fantastic. A lot of Terminator vibes there, which was just absolutely gorgeous to watch. The Dark Saber stuff was interesting. That was really cool. And then we go back to Tatooine, which obviously brings you know the the, the new ship, the the Naboo Starfighter, which has been now converted to Mando's new ship. And like it's 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 for me that episode had the perfect balance of what I loved about the Mandalorian, but what I love even more about Star Wars television, just bringing stuff together but not being too heavy on the references. It just being good television without having to slap you in the face with reference after reference after reference. And like I don't mind that as a Star Wars fan, it's always exciting to point at the TV and go, "Oh, I know that thing." But the thing that Episode Five did so well is it actually had just a lot of good traits to a good TV show, Star Wars or otherwise. You know, it was a good story, but it wasn't the story that we've been following for three, four episodes. Um, episode five um, is great, but to- it, it didn't need to be in the book of Boba Fett. And if it is going to be in the book of Boba Fett, then it should have been episode two or episode three, maybe, and then swapped around with a couple of the other ones. I think introducing the Mandalorian a bit earlier as part of one of the major players of the series would make it feel less divided. Even just flipping the episode around and then just sort of changing the ending a little bit, I think would make it a lot more satisfying, I think, for viewers who were expecting the book of Boba Fett and ended up getting four or five episodes of Boba Fett and then two episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3, um, which is fine, but it is that. And Episode 6, even though it does slap you in the face with reference after reference after reference, is better with that. It does have a scene where Mando goes and, and works with Boba Fett and they start planning and they go and meet with Cobb Vanth and it does set up the finale separate to that of the Jedi stuff which I respect and I like the Jedi stuff it was good to see that here and we'll talk about episode 6 now um, you know as mixed as I was about Mando's return I was obviously delighted with episode 5 it was amazing and the promise of episode 6 bringing back Luke and the Jedi Temple and Grogu and stuff was interesting but very scary um, they went there and they absolutely pulled it off I was super super impressed with everything that they did with episode six i think in terms of cgi in terms of story in terms of everything but it was a it was a fanboy's like wet dream was episode six and it's not a bad thing to some extent but that was where it really took away from the boba fett stuff for me um which is absolutely fine i've got not, i've not really got much of a problem with it um because i'd obviously i obviously prefer this stuff i prefer the mandalorian as a show to boba fett but obviously you know, I'm, it's very, it's very mixed. Everyone's had these arguments like the nth degree on TikTok, on Twitter, on everywhere. I don't think that this is a bad series just because it brings in the Mandalorian and like the Jedi stuff. I think that makes it me feel more complete. It makes it feel like it's still part of the same universe. And as much as I hate to admit it, that stuff was the more interesting stuff. Unfortunately, like I would have loved in a strictly Boba Fett series, but if it was just going to be the same as episodes one to four, continually. I don't know if I'd have liked it as much. What I probably would have liked is if they brought back other bounty hunters, like, um, uh, fucking Bosk. 
or like um, Dengar, you know, IG-88 maybe. Just any of these other bounty hunters that way we, we all know and love in Star Wars canon and just bring them back and make it feel natural opposed to it being like uh, basically an episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, which again, I, I know a lot of people have a criticism, but I absolutely love these episodes, I really did. But I really wanted to sort of more of a balance and if they just shift the episode count around a little bit, Maybe intercut it a little bit with some of Boba Fett's stuff in the earlier episodes. I think it could have genuinely worked. I think it could have genuinely worked like a little bit better, even if you just used the same stuff. Um, but that being said, let's talk about the positives of the uh, of the Grogu and the Jedi stuff because I absolutely adored it. You know, um, as soon as we saw the Jedi Temple being built, it was so like gorgeous, and just the way it's sort of again like Dave Filoni kind of fixed the prequels a little bit by sort of really padding out the story with the Clone Wars, and I'm hoping that this era is serves same purpose for the sequel trilogy because it feels very disconnected the sequel trilogy and i love the way they're using the jedi temple already um and what they did with that i think seeing grogu again was really exciting obviously and seeing him train obviously with luke whose cgi looks absolutely incredible like you can't knock it a lot of people have been talking about it a lot of people have been like gushing about it and rightfully bloody so Compared to the Mandalorian Season 2 finale where Luke Skywalker appeared and it did look a bit of a CGI mess, I don't want to be that guy again, but like I absolutely adored that moment. It, it had me tearing up, but when he took the hood down, I was a bit like, oh, you can tell, and it's a bit obvious, and that's fine, but I just wish you couldn't tell as much. And in the Book of Boba Fett, it was incredible. Now, a lot of people question how right it was to sort of have a guest actor come in, deep fake it, and it would not even be Mark Hamill's voice. It's like an audio synthesization of like Mark Hamill's voice from like the 80s. It's a very strange mix. Mark Hamill was there. He was probably on set. He probably helped out in terms of like certain things, but like it's a big moral question because yeah, um, Mark Hamill's given his consent, but what if it's a dead person? Where do you draw the line? If it's a state to agree to that, is it fair to bring back characters from the dead in such a form like this? Because, you know, if Mark Hamill had passed away, you know, like, they can't really do this with Carrie Fisher, surely. But then will they? Uh, you know, it's a big it's a big question. Personally, when the actor's actually there and giving consent for his stuff to be used, like Mark Hamill, I think Mark Hamill loves the character. He loves Star Wars. It's, it's you know, it's his life. It's what's the big one of the biggest points of his career. It's, of course, he's like, if he's happy to, to let that happen, he's happy to consult them and be there with them and get a fat credit on the episode, I think it's fine. I think there's a, there's a thing of it. It's like, yeah, you, there's only so much you can do. You can't really de-age someone who doesn't look too like they did when they were younger. And if they don't sound like they did when they were younger, the same thing applies, I would have thought. If you've got the technology where you wouldn't notice until you were told, then I think it's fair enough. In a sort of weird, morally ambiguous kind of way. Because there's sort of, obviously, strange things to that CGI. But I think, generally... I was super impressed with how they did Luke in this episode. Like, absolutely blown away. I was I was stunned. You can tell it's deepfake, because you can tell, you can see the, the lips moving. If you really try and read the words coming out of his mouth as he's saying them, it doesn't feel natural. But the fact is that you can watch it, and you unless you're really looking out for it, you can't tell. I mean, you can, but you can't. It's a really weird mix, and... I like that. Way more than the Mandalorian Season 2 ending, but it is scary for the future of Star Wars because who knows who could come back now. I mean, like, it was talks about Harrison Ford being, like, a young 
um, like Han Solo, you know, maybe even, you know, maybe if a Solo film was made in a couple of years' time from now, maybe it would be entirely deep fake. Who knows? It's just, it's interesting. And I'm not totally against it, so long as the right people sign off on it and for that using their likeness and their voice and all that sort of thing. I think it's it's not a terrible thing. I just, um, I'm just glad they've got it right, but I'm interested to see the morals of that going forward. But it does mean that in stuff like Star Wars, you can see characters like Luke Skywalker come back in ways that you literally never thought would be possible. To see a series about Boba Fett and then have Luke Skywalker as he was seen almost exactly in Return of the Jedi alongside Ahsoka is just insane. Uh, and although Ahsoka didn't have a huge part to play this series, it was great to see her. Same as R2-D2, same as all that. But this episode was fantastic for that. It showed us some of the Order 66 stuff. It was really good. And I have to say, I was blown away by it. I, I, as a Star Wars fan, it was an absolute... It was a wet dream, basically. But at the same time, you sort of want it to have its own two feet and really stand on what the Book of Boba Fett is. But in a way, again, the Book of Boba Fett is Mando 2.5. It does link into it. And the Ashoka show will probably link into the Mandalorian and Boba Fett somehow as well. These things are supposed to intertwine with each other. They're all different TV series and limited series around the same time. We don't even know if we're going to get a Book of Boba Fett season 2. We're just assuming we might, but we actually might not. This might just be it. Um, I don't particularly mind. I think it, it, it can work as it's standing on its own two feet. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of questions about it. I'm not going to talk about the integration of other characters more because it just sort of gets messy after that. Um, so let's talk about Episode 7, the one that came out today, how it all comes together. Um, episode 7 and the end of Episode 6 as well because obviously we get Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane as well. Cad Bane is someone I'm a huge fan of and when he appeared at the end of Episode 6, I absolutely lost my shit. I don't think I've ever been so excited to see someone in Star Wars in TV or anything like that. I absolutely did not see it coming from a mile off and absolutely lost my shit. And a lot of people have been debating whether, oh, he looks right because of the Clone Wars stuff. And does he look like... I think the guy who made that um, CGI animation did an excellent job. But I also don't think it's a bad job on the show either. I think it's actually great because it looks like it's actually prosthetic work. Even if it's obviously got CGI enhancements, which it probably has, it looks like prosthetics. I don't want it to look CGI. I don't want it to look the same as Clone Wars. I want it to look like the character is older and more developed. And that's mentioned in Episode 7. It's like, you're an old man now, you know? And I like that. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of implications and weird things in this episode, but I think this episode is just exactly what it needed to be. It brought together all the plot threads. It brought together the stuff with um, like Grogu and the Jedi Temple and all that sort of stuff, but it also brought together Mandal. It also brought together all the Boba Fett stuff implied in the first four episodes as well, really making it feel like part of the same series. I just wish that they put one of the Mandalorian episodes separate from the other, so it wasn't all right next to each other because that's the problem there it's like i i feel like when they're mentioning stuff like the tuscans getting killed and the and the pike syndicate and all that, I'm like, I how that feels like ages ago that's like it feels like so long ago now because it is a week at a time in fairness it's been about three weeks since we've really heard anything from boba fett so you know it's a fair criticism but that being said I think Boba Fett was at his best in this episode. I think a lot of people have criticisms here and there for very minor things, and it always seems to be the case. But, you know, you're allowed to have your own opinions on stuff. For me, um, I think Robert Rodriguez directing this episode was great because it really felt like Boba Fett, like we saw in The Mandalorian again. It was the proper, cold, brooding version of Boba Fett with the jetpack. And obviously fighting alongside The Mandalorian is great. Um, seeing the mods get involved as sort of shit as they were. They they were fine. They did They served their purpose. Fennec Shan kicked a bit of ass. 
Grogu did some stuff, Mando did some stuff, they brought the Rancor out with Boba Fett riding him, which was some fantastic imagery. And of course, they had a fantastic shootout between Cad Bane and Boba Fett, which is probably one of my favourite moments in any of these shows. Um, for those who aren't aware of that infamous um, Clone Wars clip that never actually got made, a story arc that never made it into Season 6 of Clone Wars, where Boba Fett would eventually duel with Cad Bane and, and shoot him. It's been in the Star Wars fandom for years, and a lot of people have wanted to see that done again, done properly, especially with Clone Wars coming back, especially with Bad Batch. And I was hoping they would kind of do it in Bad Batch, and they didn't. And I was like, oh, that's fair enough, or oh, whatever, whatever. And then come to the Book of Boba Fett, and we get this ending, and they just stand and face off. And it ends differently, slightly, but at the same time, it ends it ends pretty much the same with uh, Cad Bane dying, which I think is appropriate. I can see why people might be a bit annoyed by that, but I think it was a perfect death. I think it was actually a better death than what the Clone Wars would have given him if that story arc had ever been made. I think him actually defeating Boba Fett in a draw seems absolutely fair. That's exactly how it would be. But Boba Fett besting him when he comes close and then using the Tuscan spear was so perfect, um, as was Cad Bane's sort of farewell. He's an old man at this point. I mean, like, he's been around for a while as Cad Bane, you know? Like, even Boba was a kid, and Boba ages normally. But Boba's, like, 40, like, 50 or something. Like, Cad Bane must be, like, in his 70s or something by now, at least. Because he was, like, a bit grisly in, like, the Clone Wars era. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of glad they killed him off, in a way. I love the character. It's not the fact that I don't like the character. But we'll see him again. We'll see him in Bad Batch Season 2, or we might even see him in the Obi-Wan series, or anything else in between. Maybe Cassian and, or who knows. Cad Bane's a character who could appear again, and likely will. He's a fan favourite. But I think the more characters you leave alive in the Mandalorian era, the more characters that you start to question, like, why didn't they help out or appear in the sequel trilogy at all? That applies for Ahsoka, that applies for Grogu, that applies for Boba Fett, that applies for Felix Shand, that applies for the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. And it would have applied to Cad Bane as well, another big character in the Star Wars universe who people know and love. Um, so in that sense, I'm glad they killed him off because at least we now have a definitive end to this character. Um, and now we can just fill in the blanks. We can bring him back in between, which is absolutely fair enough. You know, Darth Vader's dead at this point. Doesn't mean we're never going to see him again. We're going to see him in the Obi-Wan series in May, so... I like that. That's fair enough. And I think it was a perfect ending to give him. Um, and I'm really glad they did it the way they did it. I think it was a great little a great little way to end it. Um, Cobb Vanth, of course, gets gunned down by Cad Bane, rightfully so. Um, that should be the case. And obviously it's implied that he's in the back to tank. He's going to get like all cyborged out. And he's going to be the new potential, the new potentially the new Dymo of Tatooine. So who knows, in that respect, uh, where they're going to go with that. But yeah, I think it opens... Um, a lot of questions and I think it wraps up quite well the book of Boba Fett ends in a very interesting way with episode 7 um, Boba Fett implies go, you know going from this whole battle thing which was a fantastic episode really overall this whole battle sequence thing but I think it ends really weirdly when they just decide oh I don't want to be the daimyo anymore we're gonna oh, this isn't for me and it's kind of like you just fought for all of this and maybe, I've, maybe I'm not getting it maybe I'm being dumb maybe I need to rewatch it maybe I need to just look at a few fan theories and all that sort of thing and breakdowns but for me, currently, at the moment, it felt a bit weird to go through all of that battle, this entire series about him securing his place with respect as the daimyo of Tatooine, to then just go, nah, fuck it, can't be asked." <laughs> right at the end, it just seems a bit weird, and I don't know how I feel about that. I think, like, it was a bit strange, especially just to give it over immediately. I don't mind it. 
it's good to have Tatooine in good order and run by someone like Cobb Vanth as like a cyborg gunslinger sheriff. That's cool. I'm not denying that. But I would have quite liked to have seen something a bit more done with Boba Fett being Daimyo and maybe letting that linger a bit longer. But, you know, if this means he's going to just show up randomly in the middle of Mando Season 3 and kick some ass, I am totally, totally here for it. So, who knows? We'll see. Um, I just thought that was a bit of a weird ending after everything we've gone through. It felt like just a throwaway line that was like, oh, yeah, we're not Daimyo anymore. See you later. Great, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I just didn't think that was a great ending, especially after a whole series of building up that thing just for that, you know. Um, it felt like a bit of a bridge between Mando Season 1 and Mando Season 2. Sorry, Mando Season 2 and Mando Season 3. It felt like a bit of a bridge between those as opposed to being something too significant of its own. It did some fantastic things, and I'm absolutely going to love this series for the future, but I, I think it just... I just wish it did... I wish it ended slightly differently with Boba Fett's story. And it's nice to see Grogu and Mando go off together. Uh, where they're going, we don't know. I presume Mandalore, because that's where Din Djarin probably needs to go to, to sort of bathe himself in those waters or something that was said in uh, episode 5. But yeah, I thought the series ended very strangely, but I'm not totally like against it. I think it, it kind of comes together in a decent, satisfying way. Um, my overall thoughts on this series, I think it has its flaws. I definitely preferred The Mandalorian, season one and season two, to this. Um, it's by far the weakest um, live-action Star Wars show. But that being said, I think it still has a lot going for it. If You you, know, you need to sort of just accept that this is Mando season 2.5, and it is a bridge between the two, whilst taking time to develop characters like Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and introduce a few new ones as well, like Black Crescenton. Um, obviously you develop uh, Cobb Vanth, uh, kill off Cad Bane, it's done a lot of interesting things when you really think about it. It's just a shame that they didn't have a bit more time to develop. I think this series could have really benefited from an episode 8, um, like The Mandalorian and all that sort of thing. I don't know why it's only got 7 episodes, it feels a bit strange to me, but I, and I kind of wish we got that extra one because it really would have took some time to really develop some stuff out, make it come together a little bit more naturally, maybe introduce another character or two to help out. Um, but there we are. I think I think it worked quite well, and I think it did achieve what it was trying to achieve. And you know what? I was entertained. There's a lot of great Star Wars bits in there for me as a fan, but it also brought up some really new, interesting ideas and uh, character development stuff for Boba Fett and other characters along the way. Um, I'm glad it did that for the. I'm you know I'm glad it introduced Mando and all that sort of thing again and, and did all that sort of stuff because to be honest. I was kind of hoping it would, in a way. I didn't want to start the Man like Mandalorian Season 3 with just finishing off and doing all the Jedi stuff and all that. I'm glad it's done that now. So it's like, okay, I actually don't know what Mando Season 3 is going to do. But now I'm excited to see where it's going to go because it's, you know, it, it, it has to go somewhere. It's going to have to involve Mandalore. It's got to involve the Darksaber. Maybe we'll see Ahsoka. Maybe we'll see more Mandalorians like Sabine, um, like Bo-Katan again, maybe. I just think there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and I'm glad they're exploring that, since the show's called The Mandalorian, opposed to exploring the creation of the new Jedi Temple and all that sort of stuff. It was always said that Kylo Ren was supposed to be Luke's first student um, at his Jedi Academy, so that actually makes sense in terms of the story, and probably saves them a bit of budget on the deepfake technology. I'm looking forward to the Ahsoka show, which is filming now, um, and of course Mando Season 3, which will probably be out later this year. But in the meantime, um, Obi-Wan is on its way, and I'm super, super excited for that. It's probably not going to be connected to this at all, but I am excited to see what they do with it. Um, so hopefully there'll be a trailer for that soon. And if there is, I might react to it on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. 
I also may not, depending on how busy I am when it drops, because I will want to watch it immediately. Anyway, um, I think that kind of wraps it up. We're not doing any Twitter questions today. We're not looking at all that sort of stuff. But this has sort of been my sort of mini slash kind of long review of the book of Boba Fett. Um, I thought I'd just talk about it because, again, I wanted to try out this TV review format. And I also wanted to have something to upload on the podcast and on the YouTube channel as well. For those watching on YouTube, there's going to be a lot more YouTube content on the way. So stay tuned. For those on the podcast, uh, um, on Spotify, the audio versions... um, There'll be a lot more film podcasts on the way as well. If you on YouTube aren't already following the Spotify pages or any of the um, main sort of podcast streaming networks that stream our podcasts, Spill Your Beans, be sure to check it out. Link to the description below uh, just in time for season three. We're well underway with the planning for that. It'll still be about a month or so away, but we're hoping to be back by the time the Oscars start to happen. So you can stay tuned for that and hopefully we'll have some more episodes your way very, very soon. Um, on some new films, which would be great. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for watching this. If you want to see my other Star Wars podcast reviews, check out them on the Spotify, and there's a couple on YouTube as well, so you can check them out on there, I guess, if you want as well. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, please be sure to let me know what you think about The Book of Boba Fett in the comments if you're on YouTube or just on Twitter, um, if you're listening on the Spotify podcast. Um, my Twitter and Instagram is at GBSheard. I also sometimes stream on uh, Twitch, which is something I do quite regularly now. So if you're not already familiar with that, please do head over to twitch.tv slash GBSheard to ask me any and all questions about other Boba Fett or anything like that that you want to see. I play Lego Star Wars on there occasionally, so it might be your guy's cup of tea. If not, no worries at all. Anyway, that's basically it from me. Thanks so much for watching or listening or anything like that. I'm recording this very late. This is about like half three for me, so I'm very tired and I'm very sorry. This has just been a bit rambly and a bit messy and all over the place but hopefully it's concise and hopefully it got across my feelings on the show um but yeah thanks so much for watching thanks so much for listening and i'll see you all later have a lovely day bye bye